and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse and MJ, where each episode we go back and look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This is our 10th day of Podmas, where we are releasing an episode every day in the lead up to Christmas. Today, we are looking at Netflix's 58th film. It's the 2017 black comedy, El Camino Christmas. It's directed by David E. Talbot, and it stars Luke Grimes, Vincent D'Onofrio, Dax Shepard, Kurtwood Smith, Michelle Milet, Emilio Rivera, Kimberly Quinn, Jessica Alba, and Tim Allen. <laughs> Hi. How are you, mate? That's a big cast list. Big cast. And again, just like yesterday, I do love the fact that we're doing Christmas movies in Christmas. I'd love to say that we planned to do it this way with Podmas and everything, <laughs> but it literally just fell perfectly that... Nah, we planned it. We're sitting there, what was this, 8th of December, 2017... Wow, yeah. this is almost two years exactly. To when it came out, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Also nice that this is a not necessarily a wintry Christmas. Not, not like, at all. Because obviously in, in Australia, we're not used to cold Christmases. So nice to have something a bit more relatable with the warm weather on Christmas. Good point. I didn't even think of that. I thought of it just then. Ah, well, I wasn't thinking of that when I was watching. Think, I'm glad you're thinking. <laughs> so we, uh, we start off our show with a little quick summary or our thoughts on the film called The Fast Flicks. MJ flicks us away. Let's do it. With the Christmas season upon them, a small town experiences a quirky holdup at a local liquor mart. Oh, good. That's it. That's nice and short. Yeah. I've said a bunch of people all try to deal with their disconnect with humanity. Oh. (laughs) I don't even know if I like that now, but when I wrote it, I was like, that's what I thought. So when you do your fast flicks, sometimes you're really quick and broad. Yeah. And sometimes you kind of just do like a synopsis. <laughs> do you find the ones that you struggled to do like a synopsis for you like to go broad with? Or do you think that maybe that the synopsis isn't telling the story that you want to tell? I'm trying to get into your mind for fast flicks. Um, I just try to put something out that doesn't give away the movie. I think I start at the start. I was like, I'm going to... You were really long, weren't you? That's right, yeah. This is what happens, this is what happens. Whereas now I'm just like, oh, I'll just give a gist of the film because then we get into spoilers, obviously, in our episodes It's a good point. I find with Fast Flicks, I really want to... Sometimes I want to be subjective. I want this to be when someone's like, oh, you watched El Camino Christmas. What's that about? That's what I want my answer to be. Hmm. And if that's two sentences, that's okay. If that's saying something good or bad about the film without giving away spoilers, that's okay as well. That's how I try and do it. We've never really discussed this. No. We just said, hey, let's do a fast flick. Well, looking back on that one now, I'm just like, that doesn't tell you much about the movie at all. Yeah, if someone said, hey, Jesse, uh, what's El Camino Christmas about? And you said that, I'd be like, come on, man, what's it about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. I didn't mention the it's location. Right, no, no. didn't mention any of the characters. No, no, you don't need to do that. But I do like the fact that um, you're exploring a theme that isn't necessarily like shoved in your face and you're mm. saying well this is kind of what the film's about so i'm all right with it okay good i'm glad i'm, right I'm glad all right well let's have a little brief look at anything that we've learned about this film any history or anything about its production what have you have you got yeah. anything to share <laughs> there's, there's look there's not a heap um i kind of got the vibe that maybe they, they put this film together and and didn't go too hard on trying to promote it and just sort of let it out there and it is what it is yep uh, the one thing I did find was was with uh, Ted Melfi, the writer, uh, mentioned that he basically started working on it 10 years ago. Um, he bought the script from Chris Wenner at the time, um, and he's been trying to get the movie made ever since. Um, and as we know, with the help of Netflix, um, they're able to get it off the ground perfectly in time for Christmas. Did you see what it was actually called first? Oh, no, I didn't. Warm Beer. Yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind that either. I thought that's a very, very cool title. Um, yeah. So it was, and I had it that he was working on it almost 
like another 10 years prior to that. He's been working on this for a long time, um, Wayner. Um, and oh, he, that was Wayner. Wayner, then, yeah, then, the Wayne, yeah, then he picked it up. So yeah. he's working on this about 20 years ago and then he, he literally started with a Vietnam vet and then he's like, I wrote a simple story about a liquor store hold up and that's how he got it. <laughs> I like, you know what? I can see the name Warm Beer in like green and red Christmas font and that really works for it's me. It's a cool title yeah. too because you're like, oh, what's, what's warm about the beer? Like you've yeah. got the location, you've got... Obviously, alcohol is a spoiler. Like alcohol is big in this. You, the, the literal fact that, and this isn't really a spoiler, but like the fridge stops working, <laughs> like and the, and the beer gets yeah. warm. Like that's a great title. Yeah. But you know what? I can imagine from a marketing perspective, <laughs> we need the word Christmas, Christmas in, in there. the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. True. All right. What else? Anything else? Um, not a heap. Like I, I just wanted to obviously make a point that Ted Melfi, who did write the script when he bought it off Chris Weiner, um got a pretty good track record in Hollywood. So he was coming off writing and directing Hidden Figures, which yep. he was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay for. Um, he also wrote and, direct, or directed Saint Vin- wrote and directed St. Vincent with I like Bill Murray. It's yeah. a good movie. And he wrote Going in Style as well. So in fact, all quite different. I mean, I guess Going in Style and St. Vincent have similarities, Hidden Figures, but all quite different films, especially mm. with this one thrown in there as well. But I get the feeling that Ted Melfi obviously had a bit of pull as well with casting too. Um, it's a pretty good cast. It's a great cast mm. for, for for what we've seen on Netflix and for what this film is. It's a great cast. Mm. Totally agree. Um, during the there were a couple of little interviews I found about when it, when it was released and Tim Allen, he said it's not a Christmas movie. So he's gone against what the, obviously the, the theme or what they've tried to sell this as and said, this isn't a Christmas movie. I'm looking forward to chatting about this and we, we did it yesterday and I think it's going to be a common theme when we do attack Christmas movies is what's the Christmas ability mm. to it? Um, what makes it a Christmas film? For what it's worth, I feel like this is more Christmassy than A Christmas Prince. That I think the, the, the theme of Christmas is more prevalent in this film than it was in A Christmas, Christmas. Prince. Okay. But I'm sure we'll get to that. One other little thing I had was um, people online were, were saying that, you know, the reason that uh, Eric, the character, was in trouble, he had this little bit of marijuana in his car, and they were saying that it was legalized in Mar- in Nevada at that time when they were making the film, so he wouldn't have been arrested for I saw that too, <laughs> and I think that's that's like a really relevant point. It is. <laughs> like, you could, have, you could have made him or got him arrested for anything. Yeah. Like, that's a little bit sloppy. Like, I don't know. I'm... But hey, he did have some Drano in his car, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, I also read that apparently Drano doesn't un- unblock <laughs> toilets, but... <laughs> I've never tried to, I don't I, know. I deliberately was just like, come on, like, that's that's what I would go to as well if I was... I was a little bit let down that this wasn't actually filmed in El Camino. Mm. It was filmed in uh, Santa Clarita and San Miguel, so... Um... Yeah, I think it's probably just more convenient. Can be, yeah, especially with the cars with the that you cast, bring yeah. in. Like it's a bit, bit closer. We're not going to gonna go all the way to Texas. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Especially eight month pregnant Jessica Alba's not going to get on her bike and go. Was she really pregnant? I checked. Yeah, I like. I don't exactly know when this. Oh, this was filmed in May, I think. Either way, she had a. Her son was born December thirty first that year. Okay, because I had to check that. I'm like. <laughs> And I'm talking about this now because I was like, why is Jessica Alba doing this film? And I'm like, maybe maybe the part was written as a pregnant woman and she's like, you know what? I can, I can squeeze in yeah. another job before I have this baby. Because <laughs> it was such a small role and it was... It was a nothing role, it really. Was a nothing role. <laughs> it was a nothing role. So that's, uh, that's why I had to check. I'm like, she must have been really pregnant. And so I was, I was Googling Jessica Alba children oh, and finding out when they're born. That's good so research. Is, I like that. <laughs> so this is uh, Hayes Alba Warren who was born on the 31st of December 2017. Ah. 
Um, and he good was, little Christmas. Technically, present. he was in this film as well. As a yeah. Well, there's a scene at the end face. where she was very unpregnant. Um, she's then doing a cross on the live report on the steps at um out the front of some you know, oh that's hut, right yeah, yeah some sort of courthouse yeah it's very true yeah so I don't know they filmed it first. before or, I don't know yeah after wouldn't have made yeah. sense because they already released it true yeah maybe she wasn't that pregnant maybe they filmed it <laughs> no nah, it says they filmed it in May and it released in in December, December so sure yeah. It looked pretty fake, the, the bump. Like, <laughs> I think they probably put a bit of padding on. Probably, yeah. Well, she would have only been uh, just pregnant, wouldn't she? She would have just yeah. been pregnant, yeah. All right, uh, consensus. Um, what have you got? Middling. Yeah. Five and a half or 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb mm-hmm. from 6,000 ratings. 2.4 out of 5 on Letterboxd from 1,600. So, obviously... A lot lower on Letterboxd, yeah. which we say is more critically inclined. Yep. Um, which doesn't surprise me. Can't imagine critics jumping up and down about this film. No. What did you get for Rotten Tomatoes? My, my good old fave. Uh, didn't have a critical consensus, not okay. enough reviews. So it only had five and it was on 40%. I feel like we get five and 40% a lot. Mm. So two of them always like it. <laughs> mm. And uh, the audience was at 39%. So even lower than the critics. Yeah. On, only on 200, a bit over 200 ratings. That's so small, not a lot it? of people yeah. have seen this. No, nah, it's not not a huge film considering the cast. Yeah, all right. Well, it felt very hidden. It did feel quite hidden. Yeah, and I love a Christmas movie. And I had heard of a Christmas Prince from last week, probably because of the sequels and whatnot. But I hadn't heard of this one. Well, you, you type in El Camino into your Netflix, and the first thing that comes wow. up is the Breaking Bad movie. <laughs> Understandably. <laughs> well, I wonder why. All right. Well, what are, what are your early thoughts on this film before we, we break into a bit more uh, spoiler discussion? Yeah. Um, Oh, look, uh, let's just say right now we will be spoiling the film. So if you haven't seen it, and it is Christmas, and you might have this on your watch list for the next week or two. So if you want to watch that first and listen to us, we'd probably recommend that. Uh, for me, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I didn't mind it. I was hoping that I'd like it a lot more. Um, it was a really easy watch, and I never had to work hard for it, which is, you know, that's fine. I don't mind that sometimes. But the tone of the film was just kind of all over the place. Like, <laughs> it got really dark and serious in places, despite there was like this underlying humor carried throughout. And obviously, they call it a black comedy. And, yep. you know, it sort of was a comedy. And then it just, every now and then, I'm like, well, that's a bit deep. And then it goes funny again and go, well, that's hitting a bit deep again. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it was, I didn't, yeah, it was up and down. Didn't quite know where it was going with, with the tone. So, what do you reckon? The, I struggled a bit at the start. Uh, there are a lot of characters in this film. Mm. And,. At the start, I was like, there's way too many characters for me to try and keep track of what's going on, where they're at, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And But I thought once the main crew sort of got together in that liquor store mm. or the yep. whatever it was, liquor the liquor mart, yeah, I kind of fell for it a little bit. Like mm. I, I kind of enjoyed those moments, just those character moments inside the store and yeah. they were there together. I definitely agree that the movie felt like it started at that point, mm. which was weirdly, I checked, because it was 37 minutes Yeah, in. it was a fair way in. So I didn't actually know that that was going to be a key component of the film. But as soon as that happened, I was like, this is the film. And I made sure I checked that it was 37 minutes in, which for a film that wasn't that long and didn't need to be that long, that took a long setup. It did. A li- it was like if you go back to when we did Little Evil. It was the the start was similar to that. It, it start it, the opening shots of Billy, this police officer, taking cover behind the car, and then it sort of cuts back, and then we mm, catch up with right. that moment yep. like half an hour in. It, it was a bit like that. It um, was that was interesting as well. I kept sort of thinking back to that and going, okay, well, whatever happens, they're not going to get out of this until night time. Yeah, when there's going to be a bit of a shootout. That whole thing was about the snow, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Because they sort of said, oh, it never snows it's, here yeah. on Christmas. And then there was a bit of snow that night. Um, but you're right. It did set you up for, which... Yeah, I don't know if you need that to set nah, this film up, really. I don't think you need yeah. to either. Which some films it's awesome with. But yeah, not necessary for this one. But I almost forgot about it, to be honest. Because it was such a non-important mm. scene. With Little Evil, it's a scene of him getting buried alive. So you're like, <laughs> yeah. well, this is going to stick with me. Like, yeah. How are we going to get to this point? Um, but that scene was kind of nothing. So. Mm. All right, let's look at some characters. There, there are a lot of characters. I feel like this is going to be the the, the big chunk of our of our episode yeah, here. There are a lot of because there's a lot to talk about, and they each have their own things, which I think are probably worth talking about. Yeah, interesting. I mean, for for one, I I kind of think one of the issues is that the characters didn't have enough depth. So there was a lot of characters, but they didn't take the time to explore them enough. But um, Eric Norris is played by Luke Grimes as the main character in the film. Yep. Um, I, I do want to mention that I really liked the performance from Luke Grimes. I don't like to comment on actors all that often, but I thought he had a real leading man feel to him. It reminded me a lot of like an Aaron Paul, but I don't know if that was more. I don't know if that was more because there was he was like a cleaner version of Jesse Pinkman. Like he did have, but he, he felt like he could carry that cast, and which was for someone who I wasn't that familiar with, is a job well done. But um, he was just really likable, charismatic, um, basically. You know, there wasn't that many characters that I did like, so it's a it's a tricky film. Yeah, um, the fact that the he didn't like or he didn't get on with a lot of characters made me like him more and be rooting for him. And I think I think their aim was that you, they wanted you to to support him and yeah. you, you wanted to see him get out and 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 survive this sort of thing that happens. Which you never really thought that he wasn't going to. Um, I actually, and I, with that said, I don't think there was a heap of depth to him either. Like, no, I, I've, I, I, I totally agree. Like, background I thought it. he was a really lost sort of character. And the only sort of background they give about him is his mum's passed away and mm. his dad wasn't there. Mm. That's and, it. And you don't know anything else about him. So this whole situation where he's arrested, he's running away from the cops, he's in this liquor store with a gun. To me, I was like, I needed some background. Is this the first time he's done something like mm. this? You, you had no idea about from when he was a kid to now, mm-hmm. like his life. You knew nothing about it. Yeah, it's very true. I think because they wanted you to think that maybe he was guilty. So mm. here's this guy that rolls into town, uh, pay, wants to pay by cash. Yep. Um, credit card gets declined, declined and yeah. he doesn't know what make make his car is or whatever. So they want to make you feel like oh, he's dicey anyway. But then they actually never show you do show him doing anything wrong. No, not at so, all. So. It was almost like this trick that didn't quite work. Because you always liked him. If, if you were really thinking about this film, you knew that he didn't do anything wrong and wasn't really going to get caught for it. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I struggled to, to... Apart from just liking him on surface value, I struggled to really get to know him any better than that. Yep, I totally agree. Yeah, it was hard to, to know him. Who have you got next? Because I, I found this hard to order them in, yeah. in order of importance almost. They're all a little bit... From yeah, here, from yeah. here on there. Yeah. I've got um, Detective or Sergeant Hooker, whatever his name is, played by Vincent... Carl. Carl, yeah, Carl Hooker. De- Vincent Don... How do you pronounce his surname? Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. Now, this is interesting because you mentioned last week... I love him. ...that you really like him. I do. What did you think of him in this? He's... You can't... I, I couldn't fault his acting performance. I thought with the role that he had, that was what he needed to sure. do. Uh, but you know, I go back Men in Black. That's just to me, he, like his Men in Black, and then Law and Order, Criminal Intent. Well, that's that's what he is for me, shows. Law and yeah, Order. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was terrible. Yeah, I really do. I thought he overacted 
way too much and the role was almost like a parody of a police I mean a lot of them were the whole parodies. police force <laughs> but um, yeah just it did not work like I, I was so <laughs> I was so out on him that I was like what are you even doing what, I don't believe anything you're saying it just did not work at all um, and again there's just no depth to his character either like he was a jerk yeah I, the I, only depth they had was when they tried to really late make you realise all the things he's done for everyone in that route but it it still felt forced yeah they tried to set him up as you know he's been a cop for 25 years and they they turn it out really is that you know he depends on alcohol and the only arrests that he does now are like fake ones yeah he's a crook yeah he's he's not a good cop anymore he may have been at some stage but he's not anymore and they didn't really explain why he Mm. had that decline no it's just like maybe he's sick of the job I don't know but they never they never I feel like you need some depth as to understand why he's like that when they tr- they try to show you all the good things he's done for people in the town. But all the good things he's done are literally a sentence about each person. I did this for you. I did this for you. That's that, yeah. that's not yeah. a good enough job yeah. for me. I'll, <laughs> like... I'll talk about that in my scenes later on. I think. Um, and I didn't I didn't like. There's a scene where he goes into the the, the shop and to the shopkeeper Vincent Vincenti or whatever Vincente, his name is. Yeah, and, yeah. And he, you know, he's like, "Here's the coins. This is all I've got." And I was like. <laughs> basically stealing yeah <laughs> like just because you're a cop doesn't yeah. like uh, yeah but then you know what like they talk about how he hasn't had an arrest so he's obviously like kind of checked out but he puts in a lot of work to sting people who are actually innocent well maybe that's that's why he's feeling like he has to go after Eric so badly is because he's been copying all this like you know you don't do anything more <laughs> okay, like, I, I need that, to prove yeah. myself now and say look I can chase a bad guy and I can arrest him and get them but you get the probably. vibe that's what he's been doing anyway when he said the only people you've been arresting are ones that you plan on and like they did make a point though that there was like something big that happened the night before like the guy cooking meth and their house exploded and they're like where were you yeah so um, yeah he had a bit of a chip on his shoulder for that yeah but like I don't know I just similar to, to what you said and similar to what with Eric we just didn't know why, why? he was motivated yeah. to, to act this way uh, who, who have you got next because your order is different to mine so let's who did, with yours. Well, who did you have second? I had um, I had his dad. Yeah, I had, well, I had him next. So I've I've got Michael Roth, Charles slash Larry. Like, so he, oh, yeah. So as a Eric's trying to find his dad. Yeah. So he, he thinks his dad's called Michael Roth. He introduces himself as Charles, and then when they actually get in this sort of situation in the liquor store, everyone calls him Larry. Yeah, I I thought of him as Larry. Larry, yeah. So we'll call him Larry. Larry. Um, what did you think of Larry? Well, it, firstly, it took me a little bit to warm into Tim Allen in this role. I really liked him in this role. Me I too. Really, yeah. But initially, it felt felt really forced. But then I got into it, and it was fine. Mm. I've watched it too much. Home last, Improvement. Nah, Last Man Standing. Last Man Standing. I do like <laughs> Last. I've been watching it for a while now, but I bloody loved that show when it was. It's no Santa Claus. This movie. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a very different Christmas role for Tim Allen. Um, as a character, I don't necessarily know how noble he was at the end. <laughs> like, he seemed like a decent support throughout the holdup, um, but even then, I feel like they kind of needed. He needed to give more of a reason why they shouldn't, why they should stay in the liquor mart. Because the whole time I was thinking, like, just leave. Like, no one's gonna kill you. Just go ahead. Big misunderstanding. But he was kind of adamant, like, no, we can't go out now. And I, if he had given me another reason that was like a, a proper justifiable reason, maybe about the police force or something, I would have been like, okay, cool, I get it. Stay in there. And then dying at the end also felt just a bit selfish. Like, I reckon Eric wouldn't have minded getting to know his dad, despite, you know, being a bit of a deadbeat. And, uh... Yeah, so I, I've, I think that I've, I thought the reason he wanted to stay in there was because he was so close to all this booze. 
and you see throughout the whole film his urgency to find alcohol at any situation possible like he goes through the kitchen drawers just to find that little mm. bottle of bourbon and you know he's 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 offered a free six pack when he walks yeah, into the, right. he takes you know he takes Eric to the bar and he's like I'll have two beers he's an alcoholic yeah he loves his alcohol and you know as soon as the fridge back on oh yeah, beer sort of thing. yeah so, the, the fridge turns back on doesn't mean the beer's gonna be cold exactly, yeah exactly <laughs> but I, I, th- I think that he felt safe in this environment where he's got all his alcohol here plus I and I I don't think that Eric necessarily because he he goes through this spiel where he's like you know I, I was a Vietnam vet I feel bad about um all these men that I lost, um, mm. you know, I feel bad for you and your mom. And, and he made a comment about like, you know, you deserve better. And Eric's response was, yeah, we did. Mm. So I don't think Eric really want, wanted or needed that relationship with anymore. He's found his dad. He, he's he's done his his little quest. And now it's like, yeah, I know who he is. I agree. And he wants nothing to do with him. But I don't think he needed him to die. Like that, no, yeah. him dying was so avoidable. Yeah. Like that was suicide by, by police. Yes, and I also think that without that happening, though, there would have been a lot more trouble for Eric. It's like wiping what but Eric he, had done. Yeah, he yeah. kind of took all. He took the, the whole blame. blame yeah. yeah, he wipes the gun, Dirty all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's, I, I totally agree. It's like one of those situations where you see why he does it, but maybe you don't necessarily agree. He was a complicated character in the end, um, and again, I did enjoy the performance from Tim Allen. Mm. By you know, ten minutes in, I, I was believing him. Where initially I was like, "What are you doing, mate?" But no, I thought he was good. Um, I struggled a little bit with the character, like all of them so far. All right, who you got next? Kate. Cool. Um, yeah, I, was, I was disappointed with the first three. I was really disappointed. I expected <laughs> a bit more of a payoff with Kate because I felt we were actually following her story initially more than anybody else because they set her up as this hardworking single mom trying to juggle a dicey alcoholic dating mother. Yep. Uh, a son who's old enough to speak, who doesn't speak. Uh, but then she basically just becomes part of this holdup. And if anything, just like an element to highlight the good in Eric. And I wanted her payoff and it just was nothing. I mean, yeah. it's maybe a little bit of, you know, glass half full at the end. Yeah. Because- My, like to me, her pay- everything about her character was about her son. And you see that in one of her early scenes where she takes the son to like the specialist doctor mm. And, you know, the doctor's like, your kid's got autism sort of thing. And mm. she's like, no, nah, he's just, he's, he's just slowed it. He's waiting. He's <laughs> going to speak. He's going to speak. And Didn't to me, that. that payoff for her was yeah. almost that relationship that, um, what's, what's the son? Seth. Seth builds with Eric. Yeah. And then you obviously get those final words at the end. I, to me, that was, I don't know, it's not enough for her because I, I totally agree. I think you need yeah. more from her. But I think she lived through her son and her, her development was through the son. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't argue with that. Yeah. But I also was disappointed there wasn't more of that. I also think the whole Seth and Eric and him talking thing was just like, come on. Like I really I really like that remote control car as that that sort of bridge that he's gap with his yep, kid. Like I like that too. You finally got he's finally got this male in his life that's showing some interest in him. He's not like this floozy dude that comes in, stays the night, <laughs> eats the bacon and uh. That's and funny. you know, Eric takes the time to like set it up for him and show this is the trick to make sure the batteries don't fall out. Like I just I just I don't know. I just yeah, don't know. I know. it's still a slap in the face for Kate, who he's obviously been craving this father figure, and she's been just an incredible mother, mm. and he still yeah, won't talk to her. True, true. It was just a funny little. Yeah, I, I thought because I think they really focused on Kate early, and I was just like, cool. Let's let's see what, like I like this girl. She's great. She's commendable. And then even even when she was working at the liquor mart with the headphones in, and she has that tiff with with Eric, which was kind of like their meet cute or their second meeting, but because they had the cupcake thing, but. Yeah, I thought there was going to be a lot more 
with her and then it just kind of ended ended yeah it was a bit too convenient I've, I've still got a few more characters <laughs> i got two more, two more. All right, go give me but two. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking the ones that I don't have yeah um, Deputy Billy Calhoun <laughs> Dax, Dax Shepard's character oh uh, man I've, he's one of these these idiots he's just an idiot well I, I miss the part of him being like a bumbling fool until that hold up started, started. like he seemed to me like he was like playing a cop role at the hotel reception a little bit and obviously he was the one that had the presence of mind to make sure Hooker didn't beat the shit out of him in jail. And that's what, so I think that he, well, how I saw him was he was, he saw his role as he needed to look after Carl the whole time. So he was there to cover up whatever Carl did, you know, made sure he didn't beat the crap out of him, open the, the door yeah. so he could escape. And then as soon as Carl's removed from that situation and Carl's inside this liquor store and he's outside, he sort of lost his way. Doesn't a bit. know how to be a Doesn't cop. know how to be a cop anymore. Sure. That, that, that was how I read it. Yeah, fair enough. But it, it was he was actually really good and and you know even clever like leaving those keys and the way he kind of did it was like I'm gonna go to the toilet because um, he I reckon he's done that many times before. maybe he has <laughs> but I just can't believe he just went from straight up moron way too quickly um, they could have set that up a little bit better like that he was almost just a bit intellectually challenged <laughs> or something like because he just is such an idiot I don't like, I don't think he was though but by that interview with 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 the reporter. Yeah, like, it's just like there's no way you let that happen. It was funny. I, I don't mind. I, I thought it was kind of funny, but um, I just was like, "Hang on, what happened to this character?" That's that's what I was thinking the whole time. Like, what happened to him? Like, did he get in the head or something? Yep. All right. I reckon is your last character the sheriff? Oh no, I actually had Jessica Alba, but all I mentioned was that she had a son and she was pregnant during. I didn't have the sheriff because so, I didn't. Think I was there was okay, so about Beth it. Flowers is Jessica Alba's character. Yeah, and yeah. my question was just why did Jessica Alba do this? Exactly. All like I, I've got. What, I'm not sure why we needed her in this film because it's literally like all she wants is a coven to cover a national story. Her cameraman's with her everywhere, yep. and she gets that national story in the end. So, and that story's op- closed, opens, closes, done. And it was just like this filling role. And to know this story, you don't need that cap that tv coverage either it doesn't progress the plot yeah I, I agree and you know what this is what i was thinking as well i'm a huge i'm a huge fan of jessica Alba, probably because i was like 15 when sin city <laughs> came out um but her her filmography isn't all that special so it's not like she's knocking back great roles all the time um i know she's wildly successful i think almost in the cosmetic industry yep. and she's got a very popular brand and she seems like a down-up person but since See, I didn't like Sin City either. Well, see, I, yeah, I love Sin City. I think it's. I need to watch it again. I think I've, every, I may have said this on the podcast. I fall asleep every time. Oh, I you try did, to watch yeah, because yeah. me and Hater both love it. Yeah. So Sin City, well, two thousand and five. So when that was when she was doing Sin City, Fantastic Four, another bomb, and then Into the Blue, which was just kind of that that's just, movie. Yeah, yeah, with Paul Walker, yeah. kind of like sexy off the back yep. of. Um, but then, you know, she did a few chick flicks like Good Luck Chuck and Meet Bill. She did a few cameo roles in like The Love Guru, but apart from that, it's it really is else. slim pickings for her. Like, that's you know, in eight years, nine years later until the next Sin City, which did nothing. Um, and then so that's the recently, you know, all she's really done is uh, a role in Mechanic Resurrection before before this one. So not much. Yeah, I think she's got a big name, which is you know credit to her. But in terms of her um, roles, there's nothing really to get too excited about so that kind of made me understand a little bit more as well cool uh well i had the sheriff but i'm just gonna call him red 
Yep. <laughs> because to me, all he was is exactly the same character from that 70s show. Yeah. And Red Foreman. Red Foreman. And he, he's sharp. He's witty. He's yeah. sharp. And he's on the ball. And to me, that that's who he was. They so. kind of needed him because it would have been a bloody shit show without him there. And I, th- I think they did a good job. He was um, introduced early on in the, sh- in yeah. the film as well as, as the, the cop. As in a charge. Cop. Yeah, in charge. So yeah. I like that they didn't just bring him in later on for that comedic sort of relief. Well, he was also in the, the pre-scene, the, the, um, the epilogue or whatever. Yeah. yeah, he was. So you knew that he was somewhat prominent, prominent yeah. yeah he had um, nothing else to say about him no I just wanted to call him Red yeah. for, so I'm going to refer to him as Red you dumbass <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stick my foot <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> um, I've had I had Vincente down as well yeah because to me he seemed like the really only innocent guy in this film he did and he was so like understanding about the whole thing yeah like he seemed like this he seemed like a really really good guy he trusted people mm-hmm. and he for me when he put the you know um, Carl does this story like you know your, your thing was being robbed you're looking after your wife I was the one that saved your, your store for you mm-hmm. and I just felt really let down for him that when you know Carl like does that little radio in and, and does yeah. a total opposite of what he said he's going to do mm-hmm. like look after the store for him and then and then he dies well I thought he died and I'm not sure I agree with I might talk about this later but I'm, no, I'm, I think I'm, it's going to fall in the same category it I'm is not for sure, me oh man <laughs> we might get to that in scenes but I'm not sure I agreed with uh, what happened post the event yeah when he died I was kind of like this is bold like but it went the, the film went dark it went really dark so and, and Jewel was um, Kate's mum and oh, yeah. all she was after was the D. That was all. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. I think she was just there to show you how not how tough Kate's doing because she still did have her support. Yeah, but it was just like juggling another child, child. really. <laughs> Pretty much swiping on her phone and yeah, yeah. All right. The director David E. Talbot. Mm. I I've never heard of any other work he's done. There are all these little lovey dovey movies and Christmas movies. So he's apparently a, a top grossing playwright. So he's oh. very very popular in the theater yeah so a lot of um blockbuster national tours but i was similar i hadn't seen anything that he directed but um he got a bit of praise from the cast just because of the way he was so used to handling um a lot of characters at once and all that sort of stuff so okay um but yeah i hadn't seen anything else but obviously quite big in the theater scene i i have a recast (laughs) yeah i mean yep this could yeah go so jewel kate's mum i was speaking about her I could see her as Jennifer Coolidge. So she you'd know her from... Yeah, um, Stifler's mum. Yeah, Stifler's <laughs> mum. You'd know her from Cinderella Story with uh, Hilary Duff. And yeah. you'd also know her, if you've listened to one of our other podcasts, she was in Mascots. Mascots yeah, she was. Um, I just could definitely see her as that, that same character. That would have... Yeah, I mean, and not that there was anything wrong with... I can't remember. No, I can't remember who yeah. played it. Um, but... It was. Um, <laughs> that, that's a sort of that's a stereotypical role. At least, yeah. I was going to say, as soon as you'd see her, you'd know what um, type of character she's yeah. going to be. Yeah. What was the character's name again? I want to. Jewel. Jewel. Yeah. Um, I think, think it was Jewel. I think I only said her name once in the in the film. Um, or I may have got that completely wrong. Well, I want to give her a call out. Give her a call out. Um. Get so yeah. Yeah. There's a bit of dead silence. Jules. 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 Kimberly Quinn. Kimberly Quinn. Yeah. Okay. So, I guess we need to look at some scenes. I think we do. What stood out for you on this? Um, it's probably for me, just having a look at my list. Yep, there was basically the things that stood out for me were a couple of chuckles that I had. So they were more lines as opposed lines, to scenes. Yeah. Um, first time I laughed was when Jessica Alba with her cameraman, we first met them and then she went to go pee on a bush and like they were just still chatting 
I just enjoyed it when she said, don't look at me. And he goes, I'm not looking. I'm just talking to you. And I thought that was kind of funny because I was like, he's not looking. Like, he's just still chatting. And then he said exactly what I was thinking. So I don't know. I just like that. Wow. Um, we're going to struggle if that's one of your standout <laughs> scenes. There's not too many more. Um, I kind of thought it was funny when they were shooting at the liquor mart at each other. I've, I've got that down too. I thought the shootout between Billy and the sheriff yeah. um, where they're shooting at themselves. That was where the movie picked up for me. That was clever. That was pretty well written. Um, it was funny. It was. It was funny. I liked it. <laughs> There's no one shooting except them two. And, now, and Dax Shepard's just kind of holding the gun up in the air and just firing. <laughs> Um, I did like the line when the phone rang and Tim Allen answered it saying, Vincente's hostage mart, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and he's like, I want money. I want <laughs> Just completely taking the piss out of the situation. Yeah. Uh, this next one was good when, what's that we calling a red foreman, was was on the phone next to the next to the no smoking sign, just punching out a big cigarette, like directly next to Didn't it. Didn't even pick that up. It was so good. So they were standing next to like, the, I'm pretty sure it was like where you pump petrol. No wonder it says. And there's a no smoking sign and he's like right next to it, smoking a cigarette. And the scene goes for like 30 seconds. Like it's, it's really good. Um, I actually, the final one I did, I really liked it when Tim Allen walked out with the gun. Because it still had me guessing what he was going to do. do. Actually, no, I love that scene because I didn't know if he was going to drop the gun. I didn't know if he was going to shoot himself. I didn't know if he was going to shoot the cops. I didn't know what he was going to do. And I think that's a really good sign. It was a very selfless scene. Like he walked out and the first thing he said was, I've got someone inside who's injured. They need medical support straight away. And then, yeah, he went on his little little ramble. Yeah. Yeah. That was it for me. That was it. All right. Well, I liked the, the original connection between Eric at the cafe and he buys the cake for Seth because um, Kate and Kate couldn't afford the dessert for him at this this diner and I liked there was a follow through with that later on I thought that was a nice little reconnection where yep. this, this shows that Seth you know likes to look out for other people Eric sorry yep Seth's a kid Seth's a kid yeah but Seth yeah. might as well yeah sure, <laughs> now he talks I'm sure yeah. he'll happily help out um, <laughs> I thought I really liked so when there's a scene where Larry and Eric are in a bar and Eric goes and he gets arrested and there's these nice little cuts or intercuts between where um, Eric's getting beat up by the cops and Larry's getting beat up by these guys from the bar and I just like these little cuts like mirroring this father-son sort of scene and you can pick up pretty early that I was going to ask you that you did know like straight away they were father and son and there was a part where they're actually in the like in the liquor store where they they cut to (laughs) Eric's face like it's like he's just worked out that it's his dad and I was like (laughs) uh, uh, yeah you got the address. Yeah. Like. yeah. You got it all right. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like the, a bit of the, the dialogue between uh, Red and Billy. And, you know, there was this part where they're just sitting there and, and Red makes this comment about like, you know, I wish I could go back in time to prevent you from being born. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. Because right, isn't, isn't Billy his nephew? Yeah. it's like, like I wish my, my sister wouldn't yeah. like someone. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really good. I liked where Larry's in the shop and he makes a comment about Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a nice little call out. And, it's good out, yeah, right. And I, I, I'd like the end bits with Larry and Eric together in that liquor store where there's no one else in there except the two of them. Mm. And, you know, Larry goes on about, um, you know, being court-martialed, losing the house, losing his respect, his mm. wife, his money. And then just as he walks out, he throws his army military tag. Mm. Um, and I just thought that was a nice little closure to their relationship that was really didn't exist. A little bit cheesy too. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie, so I think I was in for a little yeah, bit of cheese. I, I, yeah, I wanted to be more in that movie. Yeah. Bothered me that I wasn't. All right, what what were some forgettable scenes? And the, for, again, for this is not too many. Um, 
you mentioned at the start, it annoyed me that when the doctor said, your son's, you know, go get him tested. Yep. Like the kid's like, I don't know, six or seven is not talking. Get your son tested. Like, <laughs> you, she almost didn't deserve to get that payoff with him talking at the end because like, this is really negligent. <laughs> this kid should be talking. Fair enough. Um, and I didn't like the scene at the bar with, um, with Eric and Larry initially. Um, I thought the scene itself was just really lazy. Like they didn't really know what to do with it. They just kind of put them together and showed that Larry was just a drunk idiot. Um, and then it was drawn out for no real reason. Um, the, the whole point of it was for them to sort of meet and to show that he's an alcoholic and that they're going to yep. go separate ways for now. And it just took way long to get to that. True. Um, Fair yeah. enough. Yep. Didn't work for me. No, that's right. Um, are we going to do this now? 182 days later? Sure. <sighs> not sold on it. Did not need it at all. No, I, I would have preferred like if Vincente had died as well. For sure. Like that, I, I was, I had accepted that. The, the film finished really dark. Mm. So just commit to that. Yeah. Either do it or don't do it because they, they go out on a limb and, and finish it in a way we didn't expect it to finish. But you know, you kill three people deal with it you, you've made that decision and then they just decided to sugarcoat it at the end as soon as it said 182 days later I was like no yeah, and then when Vincente was on the beach, beach I was like come on like and you know Billy going for sheriff now yeah with, with that lady from the start who was obviously just like one of these redneck racists out in the middle it's like <laughs> That's everyone's right. a terrorist everyone's a terrorist yeah she put the sign in though she did I just that was just, yeah. I, I really didn't like that that was the worst part about this film it yeah, was terrible didn't need it Absolutely. Didn't need it, except I did like... Even though I hated every other bit about where they were at, I didn't mind the the scene back in the diner where... Um, I see, no, I didn't yeah, need that didn't either. Like that. No. I, I liked that that they brought Seth back with Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you did. All right, my turn? Your turn. All right. Uh, I, you, the similar sort of, It's the same scene where you were talking before about Beth with a cameraman. I didn't like when he was like listing off these baby names and he's like, oh, and then, you know, Susie, because I met a stripper called Susie. I was just like... Ugh. I actually found him kind of funny. I thought he was yeah. all right. I just didn't find that funny. I don't, yeah. It just didn't land for me. Um, Did you like it when he said, I'm not looking at you, I'm just talking to you? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I, don't, I think I was clutching at straws for things I liked at liked that point. Him, and I was yeah. like, no, oh, um, got me laughing. I like when Carl... Oh, sorry, I didn't like when um, Carl tells... You know, we, we spoke about it before, that scene where he sort of tells... Um, Vincente that you know he he saved his story tells Kate that he saved her from being abused by partners and you know tells just says to Larry pretty much you're a vet like yeah you know you're this veteran and you know this is the reason they should be on his side and I while I didn't like it I sort of did like it but I, I've still got in my scenes I didn't like a- to me it was just by the way this guy's not such a bad guy, guy. I, I, you need to show me why someone's not a bad guy yeah. don't don't just say oh i did this it's like oh yeah he did this like because yeah. oh, you didn't see that in him at all there's no, no redeeming no, qualities true. that you've seen in him to suggest like oh maybe he would have done that, done that yeah. like you didn't need him to like you said you didn't need him to throw the coins in the counter and take the booze because yeah. then you're just like this guy's just a really bad dude mm. so the last one i had was another beth scene um there's a scene like and it happens a bit towards the end where she starts moaning because of the baby mm-hmm. and then just the snow coming down i was like mm-hmm. To me, every other scene we'd seen, the sky is as clear blue as anything. Looks hot. Yeah, it looks hot. <laughs> People sweating, and, yeah. and you see some snow. I'm just like, I just didn't sit well. I know it's a Christmas movie, but yeah, it just that didn't was sit well. Christmasifying it, Christmasifying it, 
Christmas. Yeah, anyway, sure. making it Christmas. That's a word. All right. What are some? What was this film trying to say? What, what were some themes? Some ideas? What do you got? Look, I've got a few things, but I want to hear what you've got because what was this film trying to say? Okay, so there was a little bit about the truth and how a lot of these characters weren't willing to tell the truth or accept the truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were a few comments made about once you do tell the truth, you can be set free or you can keep going living your life um, and everyone has their own truth. And obviously, you know, people believe their own way. And I don't think for... I don't really think that um, Carl didn't think that Eric was a bad guy Mm. Um, because that was his truth. Mm -hmm. His truth was Eric's a bad guy. Mm. Even though he'd beaten him up, his his 25 years in the force, that's how things used to be done, but obviously not anymore. So to me, I I feel like the truth truth was something that they were trying to push forward to and, you know, the truth of who your father is and those sorts of things. Um, I thought alcohol was a theme. Sure, Um, yeah, of course. Like this dependence and how to deal with your troubles and deal with, you know... Unfortunately, in this film, a lot of the it was the older men were struggling with their lives and where they're at. So yeah. that's where that alcohol dependence came in as well. Um, also, a little bit too about life and relationships. You know, I feel like all of these characters had a poor relationship with somewhere with someone. Um, I feel like there yeah. there wasn't a character there that didn't, and it was about trying to rebuild these relationships. And I, I think maybe that post scene sort of showed the characters that were still alive had built a relationship with someone. So that's me just trying to sell that last bit of it. So if bit. this film ends where we're, um, we're at the gas station or whatever, where Likamar and Larry has just been killed and the film ends, yep. I still think that Eric and Kate probably have some sort of relationship. That's what I'm thinking. Yep. I think that happens. Yeah, you'd think that. You'd close the gaps. Um, what are the other... What are the other closed loops? Oh, yeah, you still. I, I would definitely assume that Beth would have got a reporter role yep. where she wanted it. Obviously, the Vincente thing, I didn't. Wasn't expecting it. Yep. But that's point being is you didn't need that shoved in your face because you kind of go, well, yeah, I can see where this would have led. Um, you know, Billy obviously showing his prowess that day did quite well, and you can yeah. assume that he's going to go up a notch in the force. Yeah. Like, so yeah, so it was like to me, it was just like you know, so Billy's lost his partner. He's lost. Um, he's lost oh, yeah. what's his name Carl mm. so now he's he's doing okay by himself he mm. can relate to other people without having him there like mm. I mentioned before he like depended on always protecting sure. him yeah I like that theory. and then you've got you know Vincenzo who obviously his wife had passed away now he's rebuilt a relationship because mm-hmm. apart from Kate working in the store I don't think he had much of a relationship with anyone from what we saw yeah not that we saw yeah. and then obviously you see Seth and Eric and Katie and then the last one yeah like you said the weather reporter mm. uh, not weather reporter yeah, the reporter, the reporter. Yeah. Um, she's got as well so that's me just trying to sell that for. Yep. but I think that Netflix this is the perfect opportunity not to include that at the end yeah. because you've got that right to do what you want with the film Yeah. Um, and I don't know whether they're, they're trying say. to promote this for more than Netflix because that's more a mainstream film to close those gaps it is a little bit yeah it's, it's a lot more Hollywood but I wonder whose decision it was to do that whether that was in the script whether the director wanted yeah. it whether Netflix wanted it you know, yeah know it's that. hard to work those things out what, what, what else have you got well there, there was you kind of touched on it um, with what you were saying about um, what was the first point that you made about the truth the truth yeah know. I sort of had this whole right versus wrong yep um, and that's also law versus moral rights and wrongs mm-hmm. as well um, there was obviously a belief that the way that Hooker you know he as you said I said he thought that he was doing the right thing whether it was the lawful thing or not it, morally that's what he thought was the right thing to do um, shooting up oh sorry 
staying within the liquor mart was like a decision. What should we do? Well, you know, we're, we're risking ourselves going out there. There was just this, this whole idea of right versus wrong throughout it as well. But I actually had a bit of an issue with the, with the themes throughout this film, because I just don't think they were that ingrained in the film. A lot of the film, a lot of a good film, and I'm not saying this was a terrible film, but a good film almost has a theme or has an idea they want to write about and they write a film about that. Whereas I feel like this was the opposite. Okay. Sure. So, I guess, what did we take from the film? Well, I do want to... Let's talk about the theme of Christmas. Yeah. Um, it's a different kind of Christmas film. Yeah, it definitely it's, it's, is, yeah. Yeah, it, it's... And like you said at the start, I think it is a Christmas film. Um, but yeah, it's a different kind. And I, I didn't necessarily mind it. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing more Christmas films like this rather than just the lovey-dovey ones. That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. Do you think this would be the kind of film that you put on your Christmas watch list? Um, if I had young kids, probably not. Yeah, I agree with that. That's, that's probably not a family Christmas film. But in two years' time, let's let's scrap it from next year because you watch it this year. Yep. In two years' time, when you're like, oh, I just want to watch my favorite Christmas movies, and every year I reckon in December I probably watch four Christmas movies. Um, you know, whether it's like The Grinch or whether it's Jingle All the Way, will will, will this movie get onto your? You know, you're not going to watch um, it every year, but it's in your shortlist. Well, I, I'm not the same. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily have this thing where I watch Christmas films. Oh, there so, you go. Um, to me, like, I, I thought it was okay. Yeah, okay. So, like, it wasn't like a really soppy. No, with, and the, the, that, the doesn't, that doesn't make it that, a Christmas movie. Yeah. I know, yeah, I know, it's... but I'm just saying, like, those types of Christmas films are probably the ones that I'm don't want to rewatch. Whereas sure. this one, I probably wouldn't mind rewatching. There you go. Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm happy with that then. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's in the perfect spot though, too. Netflix, like, it is. Yeah. You're not going to do big box office numbers for this. I don't think this film gets made without Netflix. No. And I think we've said that a lot about <laughs> our films. And that's why we love it. That's, that's, you know, as film lovers, we uh, we want as many films getting made as possible. Films that you know aren't going to make money at the box yeah. office. We, it doesn't mean they're bad films. All right. Um, IMDb time? Yes. So on our show, we, we'd like to use IMDb as we watch a film. Is mm. there anyone that you looked up or yep. anything that you checked out? I got uh, Mike, the cameraman. Okay. Didn't, didn't know his name was Mike, but I, that's the first time I heard his yeah. name. <laughs> He's played by Jimmy O. Yang. Uh, he is in Crazy Rich Asians. He's okay. like the spoiled. Have you seen it? No. He's like the spoiled rich guy in Crazy Rich Asians. But he's also in Patriot Day. He's in Patriot's Day. I have with Mark Wahlberg. He is the guy who gets kidnapped. Ah. He, he, they steal his car. Okay. And he's the one that gets away um, yeah. in his car. He's yeah, very okay. different so, yeah, roles. Very different roles. Um, he's pretty good. I liked him. Oh, good. I looked up. Um, like Luke Grimes who plays Eric and the things that I looked through I was like I don't even know if that's what I know you from so like he did a few episodes of True Blood and I was like maybe I remember him from True Blood do you remember what he, who he was in True Blood nah I didn't even write it down because he only did like five episodes yeah um, right. and then he was also an American sniper but oh, yeah. and I liked that film but I don't think that was another small role so he just had this real familiar face he does have a real yeah. familiar face and that's why I kept thinking of um, Aaron Paul hmm Oh, he's in the Magnificent Seven. Seven, yeah. Well. I haven't. I've seen the original. I haven't seen the remake. It's on my list though because it's that's directed by Anton Fuqua. It is. Who is yep. um, one of my favorite directors. Is he? I love Anton Fuqua. Um, yeah, I think he's, he's great. He's in Fifty Shades of Grey. He is. Elliot Gray. He's in the, those three movies. I'm assuming that's the brother, brother of. of. Yeah. Um, yeah. True Blood. He plays James. James. Ooh, that doesn't yeah, doesn't ring a bell. Me. All right. Let's keep moving. Yeah. Um, you got any questions that you'd like to ask uh the only one i had you actually answered extremely well throughout this yeah. uh, my thing was why do you think hooker really had it in from eric 
from okay. the get go, and you think it was because because yeah. he needed, he needed to, to make a needed to do a real crime. And we've also answered my question too. I had, um, you know, a lot of people say this isn't a Christmas movie. What do you think? And I think you answered that in your opening lines. You're like, yeah, I think this is a Christmas film. It works. No, it definitely works. At least they use Christmas throughout. Like everyone's sort of wrapping up for holidays. They're doing their Christmas stuff and it is Christmas Eve. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, time to wrap this up. We give the film a rating out of five and then we give it an average. What's... What have you got, MJ? All right. For, for this film, I, I really wanted to like it more and I thought I was going to like it more from the start, but it kind of just got stuck in the mud and couldn't get out. And the one-dimensional characters and the constant shifting of the tone were my two biggest bugbears. But you still can't deny that it was an easy watch that allowed me to switch my brain off. In December, it's nice to switch your brain off. So, two stars. Awesome. So, I, um, I, I'm a little bit different on this one. So I struggled at the start, like I said, because of the amount of characters. But once I worked out who they were, um, I sort of enjoyed it from them being trapped in the liquor store. Like to me, that last hour and 15 minutes or whatever it was. was that was good. the film, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I thought it was just good to get to know these characters like, and how they worked inside this liquor store when you've got these idiots outside mm-hmm. who have no idea what's going on. Whereas these people inside are, are a little bit more switched on than those outside. Um so I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. Good. No, um, I don't like it in the same score as you. Yeah, so that gives us an average of 2.5. It does. With two of us, we don't even need to we get d- a calculator. We don't need a calculator. <laughs> we don't. So we are on social media. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. Mm. We're on Apple Podcasts. We are on Podbean or on Spotify. We're on anywhere, anywhere where you, you get your podcasts, exactly. really. Everyone wants 100%. us now. So with our post for our episode, we chuck up a, a question for the week. Mm. So I've taken this from... The film, and this is towards the end of the film, um, there's a line that says, Christmas is over too quick. All the build-up, and then bam, the tree's dried up, the family leaves, and there's shit everywhere. Do you agree with this sentiment about Christmas? I really do. <laughs> I I love Christmas. <laughs> yeah, you and, said that you like the build-up. And it does. Like, Christmas Day, for me, is like the end of Christmas. Mm. Actually, like 11 a.m. Christmas <laughs> Day. Like you've had your Christmas morning, you know, you've seen if Santa's come or not. And then it becomes like the, and I love my family, but the family formality stuff. Yep. Uh, and then before you know it, it's like 10 p.m. and you're absolutely conked out. And then you wake up the next day and it's messy. ready for the cricket. Yeah, actually, that's a very, very good thing about Australia, <laughs> yeah. cricket. And then NBA is on in Australia on Boxing Day. Yeah, and there's an open air NBL game. That's my favorite part that's about right. it. We did day, go yeah. there last year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm all for that. That's exactly what it is. Good. All right. Well, I'm going to make you more Christmassy this year. If, 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 I know we've we've if still these got films couple, aren't doing it. This still got is... about twelve days till Christmas. So wait you, for the got, wait for the, the flicks forum Christmas party. Well, sounds good. <laughs> yeah. We're running out of time. Quick, <laughs> doing this every night. So we are back again tomorrow, and we are watching the 2017 Christmas comedy drama. This will do it. Another Christmas. This will get you over the line. It's called Christmas Inheritance, and it's directed by Ernie Barbarash. It stars Eliza Taylor, Jake Lacey, Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell and Michael Xavier. So, cool. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow for that one. Good. I'm annoyed that this is the last Christmas one. I've peaked ahead. You've already checked ahead. I I was hoping there's going to be more. This is it. All right, we'll We'll have to wait till next year. (laughs) Good chat as usual. Uh, It was a good chat. I'll see you tomorrow. See you then. (laughs)